This meeting is being held by WebEx pursuant to the governor's executive orders and mayoral emergency proclamation suspending and modifying requirements for in-person meetings. During the coronavirus disease emergency, the Citizens General Obligation Bond Oversight Committee will convene remotely until this committee is legally authorized to meet in person. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by phone call by calling 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. The access code is 2486-098-3829. Again, 2486-098-3829. Then press pound and then press pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. Alternatively, you may submit public comment by email to cgobo C-O-M-M-I-T-T-E-E, -E, so cgobo.committee at sfgov.org. And it will be forwarded to the committee and will be included as part of the official file. Please note that this meeting is recorded and will be available on sfgovtv.org. Chair Matthews, may I take roll? Great, thank you, yes please. Vice Chair Marmo, sorry, Vice Chair Crawford. Present. Member Gein. Present. Member Larkin. Here. Chair Matthews. Present. Member McHugh. Here. Member Pantoja. Present. And Member Sanderland. Present. Thank you, we have a quorum. So for the record, the meeting is starting at 9.35. Um, Chair Matthews, may I read the Ramaytusha Loney land acknowledgement? Thanks for saying that, yes. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytusha Loney, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytusha Loney have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytusha community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thanks, Roseanne. Um, so next we have, do we, we need to adopt our meeting minutes from last convening. I don't see that on our agenda today. So. I think we, um, next we have agenda item two, which is public speaking. Sure, let's go ahead with item two. Thank you. 
Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2486-098-3829, then pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I'm just checking the queue. Um, I don't see any hands raised. So may I close public comment? You may, and then move to item three. And sorry, I see the notes on item four. I got ahead of myself. Okay. Um, so public comment is closed for item two. Uh, item three is adoption of AB 361 resolution, allowing the committee to meet during the COVID-19 emergency via teleconference. Um, so that resolution was in, in your packet. And I think um, next we go to public comment before we, yeah. yeah. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2486-098-3829 then press pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. So there are no hands raised, so I can close public comment for this item. So, do we have anyone who will um, first for approve the, the minutes? I mean, sorry, approve the the resolution. This is uh, Bart Montaha, a motion to approve. Thank you. Second. Thank you, Pantoha and Larkin. Okay, and now I can take a vote to approve the resolution. Vice, um, Vice Chair Crawford. Aye. Thank you. Member Gein. Aye. Member Larkin. Aye. Chair Matthews. Is, did he drop off? Uh -oh. Chair Matthews, you might be um, muted. Nope, he's on. He's okay, giving you so. two thumbs up. Oh, did he? I can't see him, unfortunately. <laughs> um, well, maybe I can come back to him in a minute. Member McHugh? Yes. Member Panatoha? Yes. Member Sanderland? Aye. And Member Matthews? Chair Matthews, are you there? Did we lose you? I 
think we've lost him. Let's it see. appears that he's there just having some audio issues with being able to speak. So he's working on that. I, I think so. Should we, I guess, wait, I guess we need to wait for him to come back. Hey, Roseanne, this is Ken. Yeah, I think we should probably, what we can do is just um, all decide and wait for him to come back and then take his vote. I know he's doing the two thumbs up, but we should probably get him on record as uh, as voting either for or against this. Yeah. So I'm sorry, did you say to wait for him? Yeah, so we can move on to another item and hopefully okay. come back and then we can come Oh, back. and then we'll come back to this? Correct. Okay. All right, thank you. So item four is approval with possible modification of the minutes of the August 22, 2022 meeting. I can go to public comment. Um, Ken, should I work with Vice Chair um, Crawford until... Can folks hear me now? That's called is that them. Chair Matthews, you're back. Okay. It is. I'm back. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. So, so Roseanne, let's go back to the previous item so Chair Matthews can vote on it. Sure. We'll close that out and then move to the next one. Okay. We were voting to adopt um, the AB 361 resolution. Yeah, I, I vote aye. Okay. So, thank you. So, it's been adopted. Um, and then agenda item four is approval with possible modification of the minutes of the August 22nd, 2022 meeting. May I move to public comment? Great. Yeah, yes, please. Public comment for item four. Thank you. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2486-098-3829, then pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I don't see any hands raised, so may we close public comment? Yes, please uh, close public comment. We're looking for a motion to accept the minutes from last meeting. I move to accept the minutes from last meeting. Second from Pantoja. Pantoja, Crawford and Pantoja. Thank you. So now we can take a vote. Um, Please. Thank you. Vice Chair Crawford. Aye. Member Gein. Aye. Member Larkin. Did we lose Brian? Member Larkin, um, please unmute yourself. Aye. Thank you. Chair Matthews. Aye. Member McHugh. Um, can I abstain if I wasn't in the last meeting? Uh, we would recommend you vote yes on this. You were not here. Otherwise, you'd have to take a vote to then excuse uh, you. Okay. Uh, yes. I watched it. So, yes. Thank you. Thanks. 
Member Pantoja? Aye. And Member Sanderland? Aye. Thank you. The minutes are approved. May I go to agenda item five? Yes, please, item five. Thanks. Presentation from the Department of Public Works about the 2011 road repaving and street safety bond program and possible action by the committee in response to such presentation. And we have um, Edmund Lee presenting. I'm just passing him the presenter privileges. There you go. Could everybody see the presentation? Oops. Yeah. Good morning, Chair Matthews and members of the committee. Um, I'm here to present on the road repaving and street safety general obligation bond. Um, and as you know, this there's not a whole lot that has changed. Um, you know, all of the scope of work has been completed, um, and we're we're sort of focusing all of our attention on the project closeout phase. But I'll sort of recap all of our accomplishments under this general obligation bond. So this bond was $250 million or just under um, split up between these various programs. Uh, we have street repaving and re reconstruction, which had 149 million. Streetscapes um, with $50 million. Traffic signal and street improvements implemented by SFMTA had $20 million. Sidewalk accessibility improvements, 14 million sidewalk accessibility improvements with sidewalks with 8 million. Excuse me, the previous was uh, with curb ramps. And also street structures uh, with $7 million. And for our repaving, we completed 52 projects under this, under this bond and resurfaced 1,436 blocks. Our streetscape projects, we completed 65 projects, uh, 24 which were uh, capital streetscape projects and the other 41 were sort of follow the paving where uh, we had sort of uh, lesser minor scopes that we joined um, paving contracts. The curb ramp program constructed 1,563 curb ramps. With our sidewalk uh, improvement program, we repaired 646 square blocks. And under the accelerated sidewalk abatement program, we repaired 1,155,544 uh, square feet damaged sidewalks. And our roadway structure program completed 39 roadway structure projects. And from our sister agency, SFMTA, they completed the traffic signal scope of work um, that had sort of three categories, traffic signal priorities, traffic signals, and traffic signal infrastructure upgrades. Our last slide here is sort of our financial breakdown of, um, of the $250 million. Um, so as I mentioned in, in the beginning of the presentation, we are focusing all of our efforts on um, the closeout phase currently. And so um, not a whole lot has, has changed um, with these numbers. Some of our encumbrances for our larger programs, such as Streetscape, um, you know, have been coming down as, as we're sort of going through the, uh, the closeout process and um, 
issuing final payments of, of more, the more recent contracts that had completed, uh, I believe last year. Um, but we do have some balances and, you know, in the end, sort of our next steps is, is once we've completed sort of the financial closeout and understand uh, all the remaining balances that we have, you know, we, we do intend to spend down just the remaining um, funds that we have for bond eligible projects. That concludes my presentation. Uh, I'll take any questions that any other members have. Okay, thank you, Edmund, for the presentation. And I think, and like repeating myself, we, we also look forward to the closeout of this uh, bond program and uh, part of the accomplishments that were made. And so we look, we look forward to removing this from our agenda. Um, but with that, if any other uh, members, my, my co-liaison, Brian, if you have any questions or comments or any other uh, board members, please go ahead. Yeah, um, I had a question, Edmund. Um, of, of the projects, as you're closing them out, uh, do you have any pending claims from the contractors or are you pretty close to closing them out without any of those? Uh, I couldn't, you know, there's been so many projects um, just throughout the years. You know, I, I believe there, there may have been, um, there may have been one with, with the contractor claim that um, one of our streetscape projects, but, um, but in general, you know, it's, it's sort of a, uh, it's a lengthy process because, you know, you know, our larger programs like resurfacing and streetscape, um, you know, it's great when we, when we, um, developed the projects and implemented them, you know, we had a lot of joint effort, you know, with um, our other agencies, you know, with PUC, SFMTA, sort of create complete streets. You know, we had multiple scopes, multi-discipline, multi-agency, um, which again is fantastic. When, you know, once we move to the closeout, it, it's it's a little bit more challenging because there's so many players involved, you know, um, <laughs> and so yeah. each, each particular, you know, scope of work, each agency, you know, we have to work with all of their accountants and everything collect, you know, collaboratively to, um, to, to balance out and, you know, reconcile each project. So um, that's sort of the challenge with the closeout. But, but again, you know, uh, great effort, you know, for the project itself that includes, you know, all the different scopes. Yeah. And I, on behalf of the citizenry, applaud the coordination among agencies because that just makes it easier ultimately for everyone. I know it's difficult to implement. It looks easy on paper, but in fact, it's not. But um, I just want to see whether there have been contractor claims on this. And it sounds, if I'm understanding what you're saying, there may have been one on one of the streetscape projects, but the rest of them have been clean. Or have been resolved. Yeah, I can, and I can confirm. I can confirm and, and get back to. Uh... That'd be fine. You know, well, we don't need to take any more of the committee's time about this. But if you do have any, could you just you can get to me through Roseanne? Okay, sure, sure, I'll do that. Yeah. All right, Edmund. Thank you. Well, thank you. Any other committee members before we take public comments on this item? Edmund, thank you very much for the presentation and the update on this bond program. And um, uh, Rosanna, could you take public comment? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Rosanna, you're on mute. Thank you. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415 655 0001 access code 
2486-098-3829, then pound and then press pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I don't see any hands raised, so may we close public comment? Yeah, thanks for that being closed. Thank you. Public comment on item five and move to item six. Item six, presentation from the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Authority about the 2014 transportation and road improvement bond and possible action by the committee in response to such presentation. Today, we have Jonathan Rulers. Jonathan, will you be presenting? Yes. Okay, let me make you presenter. Thank you, Roseanne. Chair Matthews, committee members, good to see you. Jonathan Rulers, um, Acting Chief Financial Officer of the MTA. Um, and I also, <laughs> part of my many duties, um, am also the bond program manager for our 2014 transportation and uh, Road Improvement, Geo Bond. Um, I'm going to give a very different presentation. Um, I worked with our um, two uh, committee liaisons. Uh, this is kind of a follow-up to conversations that the GOBOC have been having a long time about general project delivery and kind of how to manage a bond and, and to get the bonds um, spend quickly and get improvements out on the street. And so the MTA, since the bond has been approved since 2014, we're at year eight. Um, we have constantly with each iteration been trying to get better and better at project delivery, efficiently spending the geo bonds. I'm going to talk about that story today. And in addition, um, one of the changes we're going to be making today to the bond program, it's the first time we've done it since the voter approval, um, is really in, in light of the inflationary situation going on both nationally within the Bay Area um, and cost escalation associated with it. We actually want to try to get the, the dollar spent even quicker and, and get improvements out on the street as soon as possible. So just to remind the committee members, um, the geo bond passed with over 70% of the vote in November 2014. Um, we had a number of programmatic categories, and that's what I'm going to talk about today, associated with the geo bond, both to improve transit across San Francisco and make the streets of San Francisco safer. You will see at the bottom row, you'll see the total $500 million. You'll see the amounts by issuance. You'll see pretty steady and even. The first issuance was 67 million, the second 174, but pretty even across the issuances as we delivered projects over time. And you'll see to some extent the cost of issuance across each of those um, bond issuances. The last issuance um, was in August of 2021. So now just about, um, a couple months um, ago in the amount was our final issuance of $122.8 million. And this was one of the lessons learned that we designate higher dollar amounts to fewer numbers of projects and projects that were shovel ready, meaning we had either a construction project in process that required cash flow, or we had a project that was imminently going to be awarded construction. So at the MTA, I think a lot of people are familiar that we have a process to do planning, environmental review, street legislation, going to the MTA board, then bidding out a project, then awarding that bid, and then spending. And so that was an issue that we saw occur um, in our first issuance where 
was very public with the Board of Supervisors and with this committee that the MTA was not spending the GEO bonds as quickly as it could have. So what we did was we made this chart. And I, I want to talk about it because it, it assumes a number of lessons learned. Each of the colors here you'll see represents one of the issuances. Um, the fourth issuance is in green. And you'll see that first issuance and you'll see that pattern of spending on um, the bottom is reflected by quarter. And it took us a really long time to kind of get to where we needed to. And we actually had to go back to the Board of Supervisors and do a supplemental appropriation to redirect bond funds to projects that could actually spend the bonds a lot quickly. So in the legislation at the Board of Supervisors, we actually locked ourselves up to certain projects in certain categories, which made, which made it difficult for us to put the, the bond funds on the projects that we're prepared to spend and advance transportation improvements we needed. In the second issuance though, you'll see we fixed that. So that's the gold line, where we gave ourselves the flexibility to put the geo bonds on projects within those programmatic categories that could rapidly spend the dollars and again, get those improvements on the street because we want to get improvements out as quickly as possible because again, due to inflationary and other cost escalation, every period of time after an issuance where we wait, you're getting $1, then you get 99 cents, 98 cents, 97 cents. And that's rapidly speeding up in the amount that we can get per dollar. So you'll see with the second issuance, we did really well. Like it was the largest issuance, 174 million. And you'll see that we've got just about under 10% of that issuance left. So we went through that process. We did the same with the third issuance, about the same amount. But now what we really tried to do was focus on shovel ready and fewer projects. So the list of projects became reduced. And again, things that were ready due to our success from the second issuance. Um, you'll see though the window, it happens to be right at the pandemic. So we, we issued the bond in a period where things were really slowing down on construction and our ability to start up new projects. Um, was pretty difficult. We had the opportunity to do more work, but we we're all trying, trying to figure out the procedures around getting that work done in the city. But you'll see that our ability to spend is quickly increasing as these dollars are on those projects. And then you'll see the fourth issuance, um, which we just got done. We're starting to spend that now. Again, you're seeing kind of that same lag, and this is why I'm here today. So what, we, what I wanna make clear to the committee is that unlike other geo bond programs that come before the committee, with geo bonds that come to transportation and the MTA, 90% of the time there is more than just the geo bond source on that project. So, with a lot of other programs, Rec Park and others, the geo bond reflects 100% of that project's budget. In the case of transportation projects, we're often leveraging using geo bonds as local match to federal dollars or we're putting together three or four different sources for a one to $200 million project. So the MTA's capital program is roughly 3.2 billion at any particular time. So we're constantly managing to maximize leveraging, meaning match, bringing in other dollars from federal, state, and regional grants. We're also constantly managing cash flow, meaning constantly spending those sources to get improvements out on the street as quickly as possible. So we want to take those lessons learned and apply them to the geo bond program. So I'm I'm pretty happy where we are after eight years. Like we have met and improved through each issuance on our spending and delivery. We made a commitment to expend the 2014 bond within 10 years. So we have just about two years left. Um, and so what we're talking about doing, we have not done this to date. Um, it's always our ability to do so, but we've been trying to, to stay true to the original program. 
what we're proposing to do is make this adjustment across the programs in the bond. And again, we have the legal ability to do it. We just never have um, up to date, but we're gonna reduce um, the amount of bond funds in certain categories. You'll see complete streets, um, a little bit of traffic signals and Muni Rapid, and we're gonna move it to facility upgrades. Um, a couple reasons on that. One, we have a number of significant facility projects that we're ready to go. And we're actually ready to go counting on dollars from um, the 2022 general obligation bond that unfortunately did not achieve two thirds. Um, I think it's pretty well known that we missed by about 1.5% with the voters. So there are significant shovel ready projects that are ready to take bonds and move forward now. This is the exact same action we took with the first issuance where we moved a significant amount of the money to facilities projects. Um, that cash flow will be returned um, from other sources to those same programs, traffic signals and complete streets. So within the MTA's $3.2 billion program, it's, it's a net neutral, there's no impact. But again, in order to get the bond fund spent, put it on shovel ready large projects, um, we're recommending doing this so we can get those dollars out on the street, get improvements done. Again, take the lessons learned on both project delivery and bond program management um, and meet our 10-year our commitment to get all of the bond funds spent. So uh, I wanted to make sure to cover that with the, with the committee and um, give you a little bit of a different flavor on this and happy to take any questions. Great. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, I'll take my privilege as chair to comment first as uh, the liaison to the bond program, and then I'll, I'll toss it over to my comrade. Um, so I really appreciate this move uh, to kind of consolidate into these clear, concise uh, projects. I think it will allow for a faster deployment of our resources and ultimately uh, serve to enhance transparency um, on this bond item, and we'll be able to see more tangible improvements. Um, and so, as, as you said, Jonathan, I think this tweak is well within the scope of the ballot measure went back and looked at it again, and really it, it will help fulfill the will of the voters in a, in a faster, more direct way. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear this this move with this third issue. Um, now over to, to Brian, thank you. Yeah, um, Jonathan, um, you went over this, your presentation or what was gonna be in your presentation with Tim and me last week, and I think we understand it well enough, though I would like you to clarify for the, the committee what you clarified for me, the difference between the MTA bond measure that failed last spring and the one that's on for the Transportation Authority, I think extending the sales tax uh, that's on this the November ballot. Could, could you spend a few minutes talking about that? Sure. And and just for the committee's notice, you know, as, as a city employee, I can only just provide you with the straight facts. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, so what was on the ballot in June of 2022 was the second of two $500 million geo bonds. We did it a couple years early because remember the first was 10 years. Um, the second one we put on two years early, that had to do with cash flow requirements and that we were going to have projects ready, which is why it was 400 instead of 500 million. That unfortunately um, did not hit, we got the majority of San Franciscans to support it, but unfortunately did not get two thirds. So got 65.1% of the vote. Um, so, you know, there's definitely gonna be cash flow impacts to projects due to that. And I did give an update to the MTA board on that. What is on the ballot now is Proposition L, that is the half cent transportation sales tax. 
um, the voters will be asked to approve a new expenditure plan, a new 30-year expenditure plan. And what that does is it allows us to borrow against future sales taxes, right? So again, manage that cash flow. So with the sales tax program, we finance, right? So if we pull dollars in today, into today, again, the cost of financing is often less than the cost of construction escalation. So you essentially get a greater bang for your buck when you have the ability to do that. So the, um, the initiative on the ballot um, is uh, to essentially renew the sales tax. So it's not a tax increase and it approves a new expenditure plan for a 30 year period. And Jonathan, I think you also said that um, this, this bond though, it's for the sponsored by the transportation authority, the bulk of that money will go to MTA, to MTA projects. Correct, more often than not, um, I believe the expenditure plan typically has anywhere from like 65 to 70% of the dollars coming to the SFMTA for transportation projects, yes. So this will make you whole, at least in the in the long term. And, and, and please help me understand again, you said you issued the, 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 the June measure for the for $400 million two years early. Um, and there's gonna, is there gonna be a second one? You're getting a second chance at that in two years? So the city is is currently working on the 10-year capital plan in which um, the, the city's capital planning committee works on the general obligation bond program schedule. Um, the capacity to issue that amount of bonds, 400 million, is still there. It's just not authorized by the voters. So there will be a discussion about that um, into the winter and into the spring when the capital plan goes to the mayor and board of supervisors in the spring, there'll be a decision about um, if and when a transportation bond will go back on the ballot. Okay, great. All right, I'm all caught up. Thank you. Sure. Great, any other uh, committee members, questions, comments on this item? All right, seeing and hearing none. Uh, Rosanna, if we could take public comment on this item. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2486-098-3829, then press pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you, you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I don't see any hands raised, so may I close the comment? Yes, thanks for that. And thank you, Jonathan, for the update. And we look forward to uh, the deployment of these, these funds on these projects as outlined. Thank you. Um, and if we could go to item seven, uh, member Pankoha, I think you are up. Liaison report for the 2018 Embarcadero Seawall Earthquake Safety Bond. All right, thank you. Good morning, fellow commissioners. All right, oh, so I actually wrote out a report because I believe we're supposed to have a written report uh, turned in. And of course, did I lose it? Oh, there it is. All right. So the um, 
seawall earthquake safety bond. Yeah. So I met with representatives from the Port of San Francisco, uh, namely Mr. Carlos Colon and his team, have been, and they've been very thorough in explaining the history and current status of this bond and the work that the port has been has been doing. Approximately $49.6 million has been issued of the bond, of the $425 million bond. But I, I think you are probably all aware of this seawall uh, initiative, this task, this uh, earthquake safety, all this stuff, it, this is a massive undertaking that will span decades uh, to achieve. But the port has identified 23 smaller scale projects that will progress that overall protective construction and coordination of our city structure and departments that have the, and the, these have the potential for progress on this seawall. So the total estimated cost for these smaller projects is rough projects is roughly uh, 650 million to $3 billion. Um, and again, if you remember, I just mentioned the the authorized bond measure is 425 million. So, you know, there, there's a lot of money that's going to go into this over again, like I said, decades. Um, so out of these 23 projects, 11 projects uh, have risen to uh, a leading project that will start on that pathway. Uh, and that and that pathway is a in-depth strategy pre-design uh, towards goals. And also they'll be leveraging other funding through uh, grant sources and a lot of anything they can really do to kind of help fund uh, this, this, uh, this work. The port has committed to breaking ground in 2024 on one or more of these 11 projects. So really, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I look forward to the to the next report from the Port of San Francisco. Uh, you know, they can definitely give you a lot more information than I can. You know, uh, in my layman's uh, ability. Um, but I would say this: it's uh, the the work is difficult and complicated. Um, you know, doing the design, build, coordination, and incorporation of these protections from flooding due to sea rise and, and or earthquake. Ultimately, if there's an earthquake, the seawall may, you know, break and we'll have flooding. So I also want to mention that, you know, part of this, you know, they're, they're so thorough in their diligence that uh, there's a pilot project of a living seawall uh, is being conducted currently. The potential design and build a flood defense that combines habitat creation and nature and natives uh, and that of uh, native uh, ocean species, you know, is just an amazing, again, look at uh, the uh, work that they're putting into making this a long-term, you know, endeavor. In endeavor. Uh, so in closing, I like to say that the this bond is, is really just a cornerstone of funding for something that's going to take tens of billions of dollars. Um, I believe if I remember right, the around 50 billion uh, total is what they're estimating, uh, but ultimately it's going to, you know, benefit our city um, in the long run, you know, and I'd like to just kind of elaborate a little bit more because it says here I have five minutes. Um, you know, the, you know, the, the Embarcadero and, you know, the, the Bay uh, coastline there, there's just a lot there, buildings, structures, you know, they're, they're still in, they're still trying to figure out, They've got now like two or three options, right? So, for example, with the the ferry building, um, you know, we all know the ferry building. You know, there's a seawall under that now. You know, do they drive new deeper piers? Uh, do they do they uh, build up the piers that exist? Do they actually move the entire building in or out, or put it onto like a so, sort of like a floating platform? You know, my question to that was, well, if the ferry building rises up, wouldn't the water just come out from under and into the streets? You know, <laughs> so. 
uh, you know, there's, there's just a lot there. And, and then all the surrounding uh, buildings, you know, uh, office space, you know, all that has to be considered. And there's a lot of coordination with those building owners and the to also do some type of structural um, rehabilitation when the seawall is done. So it's it's a major endeavor, but I'm really excited that they're, they've committed to breaking ground next year. Of course, next year is right around the corner. So they did give the caveat that maybe second or fourth quarter next year, but they're looking to, to get that to, pro, to get some progress. Um, you know, this is a, oh, and they are also waiting one, one big, where a lot of that money may come from is the uh, Army Corps is currently doing their, they've been doing their testing and surveying that was like a certain, I guess it was a seven year survey or something like that, or five year, I can't remember, but uh, it wraps up in 2026. So hopefully federal funding will come in and we'll be able to get billions of dollars to, to address uh, the scope that we're trying to tackle. So that's my report. And I do have a question for Rosanna and the administrators, you know, should I be, uh, I, I can uh, send you my, my written version of that. I believe it's, and I lost the original, um, the template that we kind of had, you know, it was in my old email that I don't have access to. So um, I'm gonna send you what I have and let me know if it works. Great. Thanks, member Pantoja. I appreciate the, the update. Um, I don't have any questions, comments. I'm also look forward to the next uh, report from from the uh, project managers, uh, those are always very interesting and thorough. Um, any other committee members have anything? Uh, Vice Chair Crawford, you're muted, but go ahead. Sorry about that. I do have a question, Member Pantoja. Thank you for that um, report. Where is the living seawall pilot? And is it, do you know when it'll be complete? Is it something we could visit? It, it it is. I think uh, Carl said that you can actually just look over one of the the piers there, and you can see it in the water. And oh, look, Carl said yeah. he can help answer that question. Yeah, it's just uh, south of the AG building, the AG building. So if you look, so there's the ferry building. If you walked down, if you face the ferry building, turn to the right. There's the AG building, and just past that, if you look over the wall, you'll see the installation of the the pilot project. Okay. And we're working with the Smithsonian on uh, Smithsonian on this. It's a two-year study, so we'll start. Uh, I think our surveys uh, by the beginning of next year. So probably two years later, we'll have results. Great, thank you. Oh, excellent, thanks, Carl. Glad you were unable to help. That was a lookup in the document, so that was much easier. Uh, any other members before we go to public comment on the time? Great. Rosanne, if we could take public comment on item sure. seven, please. Thank you. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2486-098-3829, then press pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. I don't see any hands raised, so may I close public comment? Okay. Yes, please. Thanks for that. 
Um, if we could move to item eight, and we'll pass to uh, Natasha, please. Thank you. Opportunity for committee members to comment or take action on any matters within the committee's jurisdiction. 8A, audits unit, public integrity reviews. B, performance unit, public perception survey project. C, CSA division updates and work plan. D, public finance upcoming bond issuances. And E, C, GOBOC, fiscal year 2022-2023 work plan liaison and meeting dates. Good morning, committee members. Natasha Mihal, City Performance Director. I am one half of the City Services Auditor Unit, and I'll run us through these agenda items. So I will hand it over to the other side of the shop, the Director of Audits, Mark DeLaRosa. Great, thank you, Natasha. Good morning, committee members. Chair Matthews, um, Mark DeLaRosa, Director of Audits for the Controller's Office. On item 8A, um, regarding public integrity reviews, since our last meeting in August, um, we in CSA Audits continue to work on our public integrity assessments. Uh, we're currently working on three main projects um, that uh, we hope, um, actually one of them, the first one will, uh, will be issued in the coming weeks, uh, which is a 24-month status update on the public integrity recommendations. As you know, we've completed 10 assessments uh, so far, and we're following up on over 60 recommendations that have been let in the last couple of years. So this report um, will be providing updates on where the recommendations are in terms of their implementation. Uh, so that one should be coming in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, we're also working on a couple of other assessments, one on the landfill agreement uh, audit, um, as well as our SFPUC Public Utilities Commission uh, contracting and procurement process uh, assessment. Um, that is all that I have on item 8A and available to answer any questions that you have. Seems like no questions on this one, though we have time at any point within this item 8. Um, on the city performance side, uh, just a quick update on the public perception survey project. So as I mentioned last time, we are on target to be presenting this at the December meeting. We completed uh, the survey collection for the Willy Woo Long Playground and the Sanyan Edge Park at Willy Woo Long. We also um, uh, did some uh, intercept surveys to really get in and understand the information. So uh, in December, we'll be presenting the findings as well as publishing those findings on the GOBOC website and providing the data to the open data portal just to maximize the accessibility to the data. And we did recently update uh, the liaison uh, member Pento on this. Any questions? Okay, so we'll go through the next portion, the CSA division updates and work plan. And Mark, I'll hand this one to you first. Sure. Um, similar to our update from last August, we in, in audits continue to implement our FY23 um, audit work plan. Um, as you know, uh, the majority of our uh, deliverables work products are on our risk-based and mandated audits and assessments. Um, so currently we have a number of engagements uh, related to procurement, contracting, uh, nonprofit audits. We have our payroll risk assessments, our eligibility verification. Um, we also have, as I just mentioned, our public integrity assessments. 
Um, we also have a body of work that is continuing on the IT cybersecurity, uh, vulnerability um, and maturity assessments. Uh, we do have a, a number of our team members who are still actively uh, completing or assisting with the COVID-19 disaster cost recovery efforts. Um, as you all know, uh, the, uh, the pandemic continues um, and as it is still open, uh, we are trying to maximize the, uh, the city's uh, economic recovery through our FEMA uh, and Cal OES um, public assistance uh, reimbursements. So that one is continuing. Um, we also have our follow-up um, audit program um, as well as all of our um, uh, whistleblower and uh, investigations that, that as, as some of you know, uh, we uh, report to you on a regular basis. Um, in terms of geo bond um, audits, uh, we do have a couple in our work plan um, this fiscal year. One is on the uh, 2018 seawall safety improvement um, expenditure audit uh, that we started with uh, in collaboration with this uh, committee. Um, and we will continue uh, the expenditure audits for all of the uh, active uh, geobond programs, uh, uh, particularly those that we have not yet audited. Uh, so that's it on the CSA audit front. Um, Natasha, do you want to give an update on the city performance side? Thanks, Mark. On the city performance side, uh, our focus right now is on completing the annual reports from last fiscal year that ended on June 30th. So in November, we expect to issue our performance measure report where we are providing performance measures for all city departments. We have a, a narrative section in the beginning to highlight some of the key performance measures across the city with a little bit more information and graphical context. We are also working on the annual report for our nonprofit monitoring and capacity building program to understand um, and share where we have been providing capacity building services, how nonprofits are performing to a set of performance measures that we set for fiscal and compliance uh, within their organizations. Uh, we are also working on the first annual Our City, Our Home annual report. And so this is going to take a look at the spending for the Prop C money that is going into homelessness and the uh, associated behavioral health services. We're actually going to be trying to um, also, well, we're getting to some of the uh, performance measures, so the kind of outputs and trying to get to some of the outcomes from that. So this will be the first time that we're getting this level of information, which is kind of exciting. It's been a long time coming um, that we're able to get some good data in these areas. And then we are hoping in December to issue the park standard annual report. So again, this is another one restarting from the pandemic of in fiscal year 22, how did the city's parks perform for the set of agreed upon standards that both our office and rec park staff evaluate every park once a quarter? And then not until March or so, we'll be issuing the new street standards report. That is only for part of the fiscal year. We um, implemented a big change in that program in January of this calendar year. So we're gonna be on a bit of an off cycle until we can get into the full fiscal year reporting. Other than that, we're still working on a suite of projects uh, that are related and doing some scoping in the public safety realm. We're still heavily supporting the Mental Health SF initiative um, at the Department of Public Health. 
that, uh, in facilitating their um, stakeholder working group. We completed a mental health service center options analysis. One of the things required in the legislation was a 24-7 center for mental health services, and we did some work to understand what were those services that might be needed so DPH and the city can make some good decisions. And then we're underway in our uh, staffing analysis for the mental health um, SF services. So we're hoping to complete that assessment by May of 23. Any questions for me or Mark on the CSA work plan? Brian, Member Larkin? Yeah, Natasha, um, you mentioned, I think, Prop C, which was that was um, what uh, the real estate transfer tax measure some years ago? I believe this is actually the business tax. Business tax. See, okay. Chair Sorry, <laughs> Chair Matthews right. agreeing on that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you were saying you're you're just starting an audit of of, of those expenditures. I I, I didn't understand. Yeah, so we actually manage the Our City, Our Home Committee out of our office. We have some a full-time staff member and then other support to it. We're doing the first annual report um, around spending. We had done some analysis of this already, so this is not the first time, but we want to be doing an annual um, reporting of the, of the budget and spending, so not an audit. That would be on um, okay. Mark's side. Okay. Um, when will that report be done? We're hoping by December, and that will be um, uh, also on uh, the, the website. So there'll be some interactive graphics and charts. Good. Could you give me a hint how I'd find that website? Yes. Yeah, I'll be sure to share it. Hopefully by the next meeting, um, we will be close to the issuance date. Yeah, good. I'll look forward to that. Okay, thank you. Sure, any other questions? not, I will hand it over to our public finance upcoming bond issuance, uh, Vishal Trivedi from our Office of Public Finance. Good morning, uh, members of the committee. Uh, this is Vishal Trivedi from the Office of Public Finance. Uh, I'm just going to present briefly our forward calendar. It was included in your packet. Uh, we are planning to issue, and we've just gotten started on, on uh, doing all the, the groundwork for uh, doing three bond issuances in the spring. We're trying to group them together to do it under one transaction. Uh, so we're going to be issuing for the uh, 2019 affordable housing bond, anticipating somewhere in the ballpark of about $175 million for that. I believe that'll be the second issuance for that program. The 2018 seawall bond, and uh, we're still working with the port on the uh, estimated issuance amount. Maybe in the 80 to $100 million range, maybe a little less. They're trying, as, uh, as noted in the previous uh, uh, agenda item, it's a complicated project uh, and they're trying to get the timing right uh, with respect to the other funding sources that they're, they're trying to incorporate. The scope of the project is much bigger than just what's covered by the bond. So uh, they're they're trying to make sure the timing is right and get, get all the planning work done so that they can move forward with construction. So we're, we're still working with them on nailing down the amount. Um, for that bond. And then the other piece is going to be for uh, health and recovery, the second issuance of health and recovery bonds. Uh, it's not the balance that was left unissued uh, for DPH and HSH, uh, that's uh, public health and 
uh, homelessness and supportive housing. Uh, those are still uh, undetermined, but uh, this this issuance will be for for Rec Park. The other balance of un, unauthorized uh, issuance issuance for the uh, health and recovery bonds was about seventy million dollars for Rec Park, and we're anticipating issuing somewhere around twenty five to thirty million dollars for that. Uh, they're also juggling multiple funding sources um, and trying to uh, get some of their their projects moving forward uh, while they're waiting for other funding sources. These are projects that are approved by the bond, uh, mostly for, for Gene Friend, and they're, they're juggling um, funding sources for, for that project. So we're anticipating to group those together in the spring and uh, yeah, happy to take any questions if you have any. I have a question, might be kind of a random question, and, and it could be because I'm relatively new to the committee and might not totally understand how these are it, how bonds are issued. But during the 2011 road repaving um, presentation, it looked like there was about 24 or 2.4 million of a balance. What happens to those? that 2.4 million is it just not issued or is that no, the, the balance the balance is a, is a bond proceeds so all, the entirety so the, the 2011 road repaving bonds were authorized in the amount of 248 million dollars mm -hmm. and all of those bonds were issued uh I, I don't remember what the final issuance was uh with 2016 or 2018 but the, the full amount of the 248 million dollars was issued and then what he was reporting on was just the uh, whatever proceeds were remaining. And some, sometimes we end up getting slightly more than, than the amount because uh, the, the, the proceeds sit uh, with the city. Once, once the bonds have been issued, we, um, the proceeds come to the city to be spent. And uh, as those, those amounts sit in the city accounts, sometimes they accrue a little additional interest. And uh, as long as we and we're allowed to uh, to collect interest on that up to a certain amount. Uh, so we do reporting on that for arbitrage to the uh, IRS to make sure that the uh, accrued interest is within the allowable amount. If, if we earn above that, we have to rebate it to the IRS for tax exempt bonds. Uh, but if it's within the allowable amount, then we can appropriate that as well. And then we, we use that for uh, at, usually at the end of the projects. Once the rest of the proceeds have been spent, we uh, finalize the project and appropriate the, the accrued interest and they use it to close out the projects. So uh, that's that's the phase that the 2011 program is in mm -hmm. uh, to, to the final spend down of the proceeds and, and whatever accrued interest. I think that that 2.4 million or so is just whatever's lingering in the, the, the balance of the proceeds. Those, those, those bonds are not to, to be sold. Those have already been sold years ago. Got it. And then the final item here is the work plan for this group. And so at the next meeting on December 12th, we'll be getting a program report from the 2016 Public Health and Safety Bond and a liaison report, member Pontoa again, on the Parks Bond report. And then as I mentioned previously, the uh, public perception study for a couple of recent park bond programs will be doing that report. Any questions on any of the items under other committee? Great. Well, thank you um, for the 
those reports and, and I look forward to the published uh, reports that you mentioned are coming out in December. You'll have at least two readers, myself, Brian, and maybe other committee members. Um, and so, uh, Roseanne, you can take public comment on item eight. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, access code 2486-0983829, then press pound and then pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments. Please note that you will have three minutes. So I do not see any hands raised. Can we close public okay. comment? Yes, please. We close public comment on eight. So looks like we're at item adjourned. So thanks everybody for um, coming out and we'll get together again in December, continue our work together. Thanks folks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Great week.